Well, I don't know about you, but this winter it did feel like absolutely everyone I know headed overseas for a European <laughs> holiday. And the one place they all seemed to be going was Italy, soaking up Caravaggio, Calcio Pepe and Chianti. And if, like me, your friends did not bring you back a bowl of pasta or send you a postcard, then let us send you a little taste of Italy via the Australian Chamber Orchestra. Postcards from Italy looks at the way five selected works from across four centuries display the cultural influences of Italy, music not necessarily the Italian stereotype you might expect. ACO principal cellist Timo Vecchio Tippi Valve is here to take you on a vacanza italiana. Tippi, welcome to you. Thank you very much. First up, a piece that, at least to me, sounds like a frenetic uh, drive around the winding <laughs> Roman hills in a Fiat 500, Giovanni Solima's Viaggio in Italia, uh, number one, Federico II. This composition uh, is, is by a, a contemporary composer. So, right. so tell me what picture is he painting of his country in this case? Oh, that's a big question. But yes, you, but like you said, he is a contemporary, so it's, very, it's a very... Um, it's, it is a modern day picture of, well, I mean, you 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 describe it so well. Like it, the, it is. The fear got you, didn't it? The fear <laughs> did get me. Like it, it is that sort of really rough, but somehow somehow very approachable and and down to earth. You know, you know, um, approach. You know, nothing too fancy. There's something folkloric about it as well. There's a piece that sounds like uh, like a like an Irish fiddle. Or, 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 is that what I'm hearing? Well, it's it's funny. Like I was I was thinking what what the what the um, especially this modern Italian approach kind of brings to mind for me, and it for some reason Eurovision Song Contest comes to mind. <laughs> so it's 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 like this it's this super approachable, but in a good way approachable, you know, very a very um, earth-like and human, you know, like music that that we can all relate to. Obviously, this music is reflecting a modern Italy uh, yes. rather than evoking necessarily some of the older traditions. But it's important to have both, you would you'd think. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, while it does picture the modern day Italy, it still kind of dons to the the um, the older elements of that society. You know, it's still that same Fiat is going through little uh, cobblestone roads that are. Uh, lined up with buildings that are not kept up so well, that are, you know, that are kind of crumbling down um, just in the right way. <laughs> just the, the appropriate amount of dilapidation exactly. that you would expect out of the Italian countryside. Okay, let's take a listen. Giovanni Solima, Viaggio in Italia, number two, Federico II. Yeah, gorgeous. It does feel like a yeah a courtesan dancing uh, in in a I don't know courtyard or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, this next piece is Arcadiana Venezia Notturna by English composer Thomas Ardes, which was composed in 1994. Again, uh, quite a modern composition. It tells the story of Venice at night, uh, and the first movement particularly has this quite an eerie sound to it. You can almost see the carnival masks in the shadows. Again, drawing a different image of Italy from the sort of summer that we've come to expect. What does this piece mean to you? Well, that's right. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, a, it's a very, for me at least, it's a very typical evening on a piazza in Venice, Venice where... And, and this comes from the score, actually. This comes from the direction that the uh, composer has given us, the musicians. And he says, we need to sound like we're intoxicated. 
<laughs> so, so we have but not be intoxicated. No, well, um, that should be determined. <laughs> Hopefully not. But um, so the so the music has four voices. So we have four characters meeting up, perhaps on a, on a piazza late at night, and and there are you know different levels of of happiness and 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 and. Um, communication in a in a intoxicated manner, uh, but in a polite manner, and, and I really really think that that sort of kind of again this sort of sun kissed, um, very earthy colours of what that piazza would look like, not just those intoxicated people, but the actual uh, surroundings. You know, he as an Englishman perfectly depicts. And as an Englishman, uh, he was interested in the gondolier, perhaps as a bit of a metaphor. I read that Ades tried to represent uh, the gondolier in this piece. That's right. There's actually, there's a, there's a persistent character. I think it's played by the viola in this in piece where, who, who plays the part of the gondolier and has this very, um, um, uh, persistent, um, rhythmic element that, that he or she plays. Perhaps it's the rhythm of the, uh, paddle. Exactly. As the exactly. That's what I was pushes trying to down. <laughs> that is exactly what I was trying to say. Let's see if we can pick up that note. Here it is, uh, Thomas uh, Ades. Yes, it's a mysterious dark night in Venice. Uh, you were saying that perhaps the cello... Oh, can... definitely. De- Cellos is definitely the intoxicated person here. The, <laughs> or let's say the most intoxicated person in, in this. I and mean, these plucked, plucked notes, you know, that kind of coming out of nowhere. And, and when we have the violins trying to sing, the two violins trying to sing together um, in a, again, slightly lose way when i mean you know we're playing with these sort of postcards and these visual metaphors but when you're actually playing do these things go through your mind oh absolutely and i think it's this 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 particular piece starts the program so it it is a perfect way of kind of transporting all of us not just the players but the audience as well into this world and and kind of giving us a a starting point that where, where we can start that journey of of the concert that you're about to experience and 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 um and yeah so it it definitely those sort of images and and stories and and meanings they're very personal things they are but, they, but they're, they're subject they're very subjective you could definitely, say definitely yeah, yeah. but um but no they they're very important and i hope those those things um come across to the to the listener as well. They're very important. If you've just joined me on RN Drive, cellist Timoveco Valove is here. We're discussing the ACO's postcards from Italy here on RN Drive. We're taking a bit of a tour uh, around the different cities and regions to give you a bit of a flavour of this uh, performance. Now, Luigi Boccherini was a court composer and a performer in a quartet for Spain's King Charles III. Uh, his piece, String Quintet, has a bit of more elegance in it, you might say, a bit more grace to it. There's a bit more of a vine-covered villa on the countryside sort of feel to it. But it also reflects his ill health at the time, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, this is a very dark, turmoil piece. And, and yes, the, the kind of later stages of his life maybe comes through that. But um, it's an interesting... I mean, he's, he's now maybe known more of this elegant and quite refined chamber music, which this is an ex- definitely an example of. But at the time, he was a virtuoso performer, uh, much like uh, Paganini would have been on the violin. So he would have been not necessarily always playing this sort of refined 
role, but really being the rock star of the of the day and and traveling and and playing outrageous technical and and um, um, technically difficult things, um, things that have not been played on the cello before, really. Um, so um, so this this person really. Um, had kind of two hats, and uh, and it's it's interesting that in this program we have you know the Giovanni Solima who's kind of the modern day version of that you know equally virtuosic um, cellist, and to, we're putting putting their music side by side. We're kind of having this conversation between those two over over the centuries. So is the role of a cellist still as messianic as it used to be, or something different? Well, I think it's definitely it's it, I mean he, he because of him it's 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 gone to a different direction. I mean he, so he's you know, like he's a composer and he would take his own music and he would he would travel with this music and he would direct that music from the cello. So not necessarily have a conductor or a violinist taking the leadership role, but, you know, him himself kind of uh, being, um, I don't know, uh, um, in the forefront of musical development in a way. The lead guitarist exactly. in, in a modern-day yeah. rock sense. Let's take a listen to Luigi Boccherini. Yes, very dark. I can hear that for sure. Lots of brooding yeah. in the Italian uh, vine-covered villa there. Let's move on to a chicane in the uh, performance, if you like. This next piece of the Italian puzzle is Tchaikovsky. Now, Souvenir de Florence uh, is an interesting one because to the untrained ear, of course, it ostensibly sounds Russian, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I still kind of i am struggling myself to find the Italian connection here, but it, I think it comes... Um, in the performance, and it does come when you when you um, witness and experience this piece played. It has such an amazing structure, you know, as a whole the piece. So it it, it is in a way um, inspired by beautiful architecture and that that side of Italian culture. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have the sights and sounds or the smells like perhaps Boccherini and and Thomas Ades, but it and it has it has another another way of, of um, appreciating what the country has uh, created. Let's take a listen to Tchaikovsky, Souvenir to Florence. <laughs> Where does your mind go listening to that? Well, like I said, for me, it still sounds Russian, but it, but there's there's something there's something, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it this is the, like you say, it's a chicane. It's a, it's a it's a it's a question mark that will reveal itself in the concert. Like, what is the what does the audience want to take home from that? Like, how how Italian do they think that it is? For me, <laughs> I have to say, for me, it's Russian. But you know. <laughs> says uh, does what it says on the tin as we say in australia <laughs> it uh, has an italian uh, name and thus it is in the program <laughs> let's end on a bach piece this is a concerto in the italian taste uh, because if we're talking in written communication it is a real love letter to italy and to italian culture it's an interesting one to me because like me this year he actually never made it to italy bach yes. so he, and nonetheless he was highly influenced by it wasn't he yes definitely and and was kind of uh, a fan of a lot of a lot of um 
musicians that came before him or his contemporaries, like, for instance, Antonio Vivaldi. So it's known that he's, he's you know, studied immensely his scores. And, and, uh, and, you know, obviously this is a time before Spotify. So you kind of have to have to go and dig deep to really, really learn about someone else who lives, you know, thousands of kilometers away. And, and, um, but anyway, so he, he tried to learn from this, this, this master that he never met. And, um, and in, in a lot of his works tried to emulate this, this new kind of language, this perhaps a little bit more approachable language. Um, again, I want to somehow think about the Eurovision connection <laughs> here so that it's, so it's, it's not necessarily entirely intellectual, but it is something approachable. And it's, and it's in this, in this um, concerto, especially in the second moment, where I'll play a little excerpt, excerpt of, you can really hear the human voice. Like it's, it's not necessarily human singing voice, but it's a human talking voice. And, and I think that's very relatable. And it's pre- probably an element of Bach's own kind of, you know, the actual Bach. It's a trick that he might have not have used so, so often, but he really kind of realizes that, oh, wow, this is, this is something new. This is what perhaps the audience really wants to hear. I mean, he was, J.S. Bach wasn't so successful in his own time. So he was probably struggling with like, why, why doesn't people like my music? And, and he was trying to find different ways to make it approachable. Well, luckily, we're going to hear some of this uh, Bach piece you've uh, arranged for the program. ACO cellist Timo Veiko Valve has been my guest. Postcards from Italy will be playing around Australia from the 14th to the 26th of September. If you'd like to go on an Italian sojourn uh, just like this one, head along. Uh, Timo, so great to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And this is Bach's piece, Concerto in the Italian Taste, here on RN Drive. Thank you. 